Your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host, Kyle, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, JR. JR, how are you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing great as we are recording February 6th, the night before Super Bowl 55, and I tell you, we are almost into the sixth week of February of 2021. And as I was having the same conversation with my, uh, with my colleague Floyd, with our wrestling podcast around the ring, 2020 felt like it was a lull, like it was never ending, but for some reason, like, I don't know if it's because it was football season and college football and Royal rumble. And and now we got the, you know, new movies coming on HBO max. It seems like this in our new cycle, every single week, it's like something new is happening, and we're like flying by 2021 right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely going by quick. Uh, I don't know if I like that or not, but uh, <laughs> I mean, what can we do though? Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, one thing is like it was interesting. Like two weeks ago, you know, like I'll just say this mentioned quickly in sports. It was like the beginning of January. We had the college football bowl games. And then a week later, it was a college football championship. The next day, like, James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And then all of a sudden, we had NFC, AFC championship game. Last Saturday, the last Saturday in, in January, the, my LA Rams traded for Matthew Stafford. And then now we're, like, at Super Bowl. And now they're, like, we had Royal Rumble. And then we have more wrestling coming up. And it's just been crazy right now. I feel like we're just, you know, hopefully that means that the, the – the more we fly by, we're closer to getting back to uh, into movie theaters and Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I, I cannot wait to to get back and get back into doing stuff. I mean, I, uh, honestly, I think the first as soon as it's safe, as soon as there's a band that I even even if I'm not like a huge fan of them, I even like remotely like them and they come anywhere near me. I'm going to jump at the opportunity to go to a concert like I want to go to a concert so bad. But uh, actually, uh, right now I'm looking at getting the vaccine. Um, we hopefully soon the us as in, in where I'm at, my state, we educators, which that's my primary job is education. We should be uh, hopefully soon be able to begin the process of getting on schedule to get the vaccine. And I think once I get the vaccine, both doses, I would feel more comfortable because obviously I have, I have some some pre-existing illnesses. That wouldn't be good for me to get sick again, um, as I got sick last February. So, um, but I like once I get that vaccine, I, I would feel more, I'd be feel ready, like as long as I'm not contagious to anybody else, to be able to go see wrestling and hopefully go somewhere for a movie. Yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as it's available, 
available to me, I'm definitely going to jump with the opportunity to, to get that vaccine as soon as I can. But yeah, uh, so t- today uh, we're not alone. We're joined by our wonderful friend, Brian of Dead in Santa Carla. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing good, guys. Thank you so much for having me back on. I I, I had such a good time last time. I uh, I told Andy to stay the fuck home. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But no, I did. I had such a great time last time. I I was I'm so happy that you guys let me come back on. I'm really excited to talk about this movie that I'm incredibly passionate about. Oh yeah, as soon as as soon as I. I announced that we were going to do this. See, you jumped at the opportunity to come. Oh yeah, I was ready to throw some <laughs> bows and knock some people down. Get to the front of this line, I tell you. I had no idea you loved the 2001 Valentine movie this much. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, I do like. I'm not gonna Valentine lie, I got movie. a small, I got a little bit of a soft spot for that. That's a pretty. I enjoy uh, it. I enjoy it. Little, 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 little uh, love letter to 80s horror. You know, yeah, you know it, it got my boy uh, Angel from you know yeah. Buffy Vampire and uh, exactly. Boltons and his own show and date with I can't yeah. I, I say that because I can't say his last name. I um, think it's Boreans. David Boreans. Yeah. Um, and it also has a very I can't think of her name as well. I uh, ended up in, I was enjoying her. Denise Richards. Well, her as well, but uh, yeah. Jessica Capshaw. Oh yeah, yeah, very much in the TV in the TV show Grey's Anatomy, as well as Captain Hagel, who we saw her from other films like Delgie Truth, and yeah. um, and also as Grey's Anatomy. So, yeah, that was funny. I I watched that movie relatively recently, within the past probably six months, and I had completely forgot that Catherine Heigl was in that movie, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, wow, too funny. But yeah. you know, love and murders in the air. It is. Love in the air. We're, we're heading towards Valentine's Day, and that's the reason why we're we are here because we're actually talking about my bloody Valentine from from 1981. And this was a film I know you're passionate about. One of the things that I have an obsession about is hitting anniversaries. This right? film came out 40 years ago this year. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's exciting. 40 years ago. 40 years. Man, I was uh well, I was I wasn't I was I was young. <laughs> I, I was young. <laughs> I wasn't I was not even a figment in my parents' nah. generation in eighty one. Yep, yeah, you, were, you were less than young. <laughs> yep. I, I I did not exist at this point. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> I was four. I was four. I was gonna be four. I was gonna be. You was four, and you were excited about my my bloody Valentine, wasn't you? He, he not was, when I was four. I wasn't. He, he, I, I, you were just begging to go to theaters. Five. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do love. Oh this man. I do. It's great. It, 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 it's a wonderful flasher. And uh, what uh, what what I've always noticed though is. Uh, this alpha this often gets overlooked in uh, about a lot of people who like slashers. Like a, a any time I see like a list of like you know everybody's favorite slashers or like eighty slashers, uh, 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 this movie often gets overlooked, and uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, I think it's honestly because of you know it came out in, in eighty one, and you know in eighty one you had uh, you had all these other great slashers. You, you had you know, the, the Burning, the Prowler, you had Halloween two. Uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, uh, Prom Night, and uh, and even The Evil Dead came out uh, uh this year and I uh, came out that year and I, I 
my guess is that it just got, you know, it, it unfortunately got lost in that shuffle. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, another another reason that it gets uh, overlooked um, is um, it didn't turn into a franchise also. Yeah. And uh, uh, several of those ones you mentioned did turn into a franchise of sorts. Even Prom Night did, you know, albeit yeah. not a very good franchise. Um, yeah, but Prom, uh, Prom Night 2 is fantastic. Dead Dell of Prom Night 2. Yeah, Prom Night 2 is fantastic. Um, but yeah, um, I think you're, I think you're right. It does. It gets, it gets a little overlooked. I think it's gotten, um, significant amount of love here the past few years, though. It, it, yeah. I think people are really starting to appreciate, um, the good things that this film offered to the, to the horror and slasher subgenre of horror. Yeah, so, um, there's a lot of things that are in in this movie that are done very competently. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like the uh, I feel like people saw the remake in 2009, and then you know that got them to want to go back and watch the original. Mm, yeah, I agree. You're probably right. Well, I can tell you for sure. Um, that's what happened with me because I didn't know one of the horror movies I did see, and somehow my wife is definitely afraid of horror movies like to get her to watch like tremors was a miracle you ever <laughs> see the first halloween was a miracle but in 2009 and i think this was avatar came out in like fall 08 right i'm not mistaken i think so look that up I'll pull which that up. i feel like i feel like it did because that's kind of what kickstarted the whole you know 3d let's make every single movie possible in 3d um maybe it was 2009 but 2009 i feel like was a big year of 3d so when we had that my so when we were here that my bloody valentine 3d was coming out i was just like oh it's gonna be fun because it's gonna be like a horror movie but in 3d because growing up the only 3d movie we knew of was that disney michael jackson showcase when you went to disneyland that was pretty much it. And after we saw My Bloody Valentine 3D, um, I think it was that Halloween, I ended up finding out that My Bloody Valentine was actually a remake of the 1981 classic. And I ended up purchasing on DVD. It, I think it was like on a, like a two-disc special. It was like two movies from 1981. I can't think of what the other one was off the top of my head. But I want to say it it's April Fool's Day. Probably. And so that was definitely like, you know, it was a big deal for that to... um you know, to find that out and, you know, putting, I haven't seen the 2009 one recently, but when I saw two, uh, the 1981, it definitely gave me appreciation because when you look at that film yeah. and what it did and what it, um, the storyline it created in 1981, when obviously as one of the things that you, that we've talked about before is how much conservative um, the major motion picture association in America was by not having so much gore mm-hmm. and still doing what they did was, I think was really remarkable. Yeah. The, uh, uh, 2009 remake, it, it's not bad. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. And I, I appreciate that, that they made it their own. Cause like they, they didn't like completely copy everything in the movie. They, and right. a lot of the things are different, like especially with the, who the, the killer is, is mm-hmm. completely different in the remake compared to the original. Yeah. That movie was a lot of fun. I went opening. It weekend. was, 
I went opening weekend with my wife and we saw that and we both really enjoyed it. And we're both fans of, of, of the, this one of the original. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, the, 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 that remake was a lot of fun and, and you, and you hit it. They did their own thing with it, but they also hit enough of the same beats yeah. and paid enough homage to the original that it still, it, it still felt, uh, uh, like they were, you know, like they were paying their respects and they, and, and whatnot. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. The 2009 remake was very fun. Yeah. And un- unfortunately, the, the remake is all we all we ever got. We never got a sequel to My Buddy Valentine, and like this is this is a movie is is one that when you watch it, it's like you look at it and you're like, why didn't this get franchised? This is it's so easy to do. Like, why didn't they do this? <laughs> yeah, it's that it was definitely a missed opportunity for sure. But the only thing I could go back to say is, uh, I it, it all comes down to the almighty dollar. Yeah. And this this movie it made its money back and, and and a little bit then some, but honestly not not a huge success at all. Yeah. Um, off a two point three million dollar budget, I I I believe it brought in five point seven mil. Yeah. So I mean at. it didn't exactly set the world on fire. Yeah. Um, and of course um, in the in the early eighties, um, slasher movies were typically frowned upon. Um, they had to do something super special like Friday the 13th did or like Halloween did um, in order to really, really capture uh, the the uh, the audience the way that those movies did. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that this one didn't because it, there's so much so much competence in this yeah. movie. So, yeah, it's, it's it's if I could make a quick comparison, um, this film, as far as like successful for comparing it to like a recent horror film that came out. The success of the 1981 uh, My Bloody Valentine was about as equivalent to the success of the 2019 Black Christmas film, as far as box office yeah. appeal. There you go. And you that's go. not I, that's not in our you know as a fan estimation. I don't think that's something that you would build a franchise on. I think the other thing, in addition, as far as probably this is often overlooked, and I was thinking about this, is I think most people when they look at let's watch horror films is pretty much around Halloween, and I don't when you think of Valentine, I don't think that's something that they would look at as far as like something to put into their, like, you know, 31 days of Halloween, you know, cycle is a movie that was based around Valentine's day, which is probably why I didn't do good in the box office. Cause you're more likely going to go see a rom-com in during Valentine's day, unless you're like us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, unless you're like me. I'm not gonna add a pronoun to that or anything. I'm just gonna say yeah, yeah. unless you're like us. Yeah, unless you're like me and you're a, a psychopath who who loves to like I, I, any kind of holiday that comes out. Like I try and find a horror movie to watch around yeah. it. <laughs> well, I mean that's one of the, that's one of the great things is um you know when I was looking back I I didn't have this film has the extended cut as you had mentioned um, off air. Yeah. It has additional gore. I don't have that. I have a theatrical version. But, you know, one one of the guys I enjoy watching his reviews, James A. Janice from Dead Me, you know, he talked about the extended cut. And one of the things that he – that's what he does is during any sort of holiday, you know, he tries to cover, you know, a horror yeah. film around that holiday. And um, I think that's great, though. I mean, that's that's awesome because I, I think once you're able to do that, especially, like, when you get around – I think any any it doesn't matter if it's action or horror or a comedy 
if it's around like you know holiday like for me i enjoy watching new year's eve the movie every new year's eve i think it's cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I, I always tend to do that. It's it's mostly horror movies, but uh, I do tend to try and find a movie based around th- that holiday of the week. It's just something I always I've always done. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, because you know uh, you know, th- this episode is gonna come out uh, f- uh on the twelfth uh, next Friday. I'm hoping that and that's the day that Joe Bob is having a special on Shutter. I'm hoping that since it's gonna be Valentine's Day themed, that they might play this. That'd be fantastic if Shutter got the rights for this. Yeah, it, it'd be wonderful. Yeah, this movie deserves a little bit more love, I tell you. It definitely does. It definitely does. And and, and even like Harry Warden himself, you know, even though he does, you know, we'll get into it later, but he's not the killer. Uh, even though. You know he he's not think he's not the killer. Uh, even him himself as a character is just a great great concept. Oh, and he's so yeah. and it's so easy. He's just a mining outfit. Yeah, exactly. Pickaxe. Yeah. And who would have thought that that would look so ominous? But it just does. It's the the so miner good. is a fantastic villain. Yeah. And he's very very underrated. The miner oh, yeah. is very underrated. Yeah. Um, it, I'm super excited because I ordered that. Uh, we were talking about this before we went on uh, on air. Um, I ordered that um, uh, Shout Factory limited edition 40th anniversary steelbook that came with uh, the the first minor action figure. I think it's the first one, and uh, so I'm excited. I'm I'm ready. I'm my I'm, I'm I cleared a spot next to all my Jasons for it. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. Uh... I'll have to look into that and uh, hopefully grab me a copy. You know, you know me. I'm always, I'm a collector. So yeah, yeah, you got yeah, yeah, I saw your pictures. You got a good collection going. I'll, I'll definitely want to add. I need add, to. I need to, sh- to. I don't know. Have you ever seen my? Have I ever showed you my collection? Uh, I, I've seen some in like background videos. Oh, okay. I think I think you've shown us some on stream, but I've never just seen like just standalone photos. I'll yeah. have to take some pictures and send them to you. I'll tell you, man. Yeah. You guys are bad influences because I'm starting to grow my collection a little bit. <laughs> and you know, I have right. Now, I kind of focus on just Halloween because that's like my favorite horror film. So that's why I have the action figures. I still need to get the Laurie Strode and uh, Samuel Loomis two pack. But mm-hmm. I can't remember the company. I want to say it's called CPA Authentics. They're doing a private signing. Yeah. With Nev Campbell. Oh and wow! I was like, fuck! I gotta get that Nev Campbell yeah. like, screen. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I need that. And yeah. then they're doing like more. Like they just announced. From uh, Trick or Treat, yeah, and I was just like, it's already bad enough. I'm a wrestling fan, and then it's like, <laughs> and then I'm like a UFC fan, and now I'm like getting into this fandom. Like I, yeah, I would say, in the other thing too is I love to go on vacation, or obviously right now there's like no, nobody's going on vacation, so I, I would I have some extra income that instead of you know being smart and putting that money away for a rainy day, I'm just like, oh, let me buy. They spend, you know, eighty five dollars on a fucking Neb Campbell autograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see, uh, yeah. If I had the extra money, I would totally have. I, I totally would be doing that too. Uh, uh, one of the things that I just saw recently that that just came out. Uh, uh, I think they're doing it here soon. Uh, just like that. Uh, uh it, it, it's just like we was talking about how they're doing like a a, a Neb Campbell like virtual like uh, meet and greet and like uh, autographs thing. Uh, they're doing one with Sarah Michelle Gellar 
but it, but it's like a hundred and seventy five dollars. I was like, God damn it! Ooh, I, shit. Yeah, I was like, that's insane. It's like, but ah, if I had it, I would totally you know, do it. I would totally get my Buffy DVDs signed by her. <laughs> that's nothing. I'll tell you, I saw um, not as far as horror related, but there's something called like the Star Wars universe autograph universe, or it's something like that. But it's like, but it's all about Star Wars, and they announced the. Sasha Banks, who was in The Mandalorian, was going to do an autograph. And I met Sasha at WrestleMania. It was like 100 bucks. took a picture, got an autograph with her. But because it was Star Wars, like, her autograph was already 130 But if you wanted, like, an inscription, like, or if you wanted, like, her character name, it was, like, $300. Good and that Lord. was just for Jesus. her. But, like, for people, like, um, they had um, Natalie Portman, who I love Natalie Portman. It was, like, over... Five hundred dollars. Oh And then I started seeing other ones. Like, you know, I saw Al Pacino. Uh, I can't remember what group it was. Like, just a signature. Like, that's it. No personal. Day, just a signature was five hundred dollars. And I and it wasn't even like on a Godfather eight by ten. It was just like a recent picture of him. And I just like, I was like, I thought wrestling, like wrestling autographs or like UFC, because you know that's what wrestling UFC was like two things. Like, I thought I spent money on that. I was just mad. Celebrities, especially like you know major motion picture celebrities. I mean, I couldn't like just for them just to squibble their autograph on a picture. You know, is to me outrageous. So yeah. I'm perfectly fine spending ninety dollars on Nev Campbell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, I, trust me, if I had the extra money, I would totally be doing it too. I need to add a. a, a I need to add like because all I have of Scream is I have all the movies and I have a Ghostface costume. But that's all I've got, and uh, I, I want to add some photos, and uh, I definitely want to get like a replica knife and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to uh, I went to like Texas Fright Mary and Crypticon the yeah. past couple of years, and I've spent a ridiculous amount of money on <laughs> some. Oh yeah. Because I've got like uh, I got James Jude Courtney um, to sign my uh, my mask and Nick Castle to sign the other side of the mask. Oh. And I've oh, got, you hear that, Jr. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, I, I'll, I'll take pictures and send them to you. He has you. a mask signed by Nick Castle. Yeah, Nick Castle. You know what? I yeah. I was able to get one of his autographs, um, a Nick Castle autograph, oh, and nice. which I'm like, you know, really proud of because I have Tyler Maine as as you know mm-hmm. Michael Myers, and I got Nick Castle, but I I feel like I want more, but <laughs> because I don't have room, that's like, ha- I'm like. I was just settled for the photo autograph, but like yeah. I really want more. Like I want masks, I want knives, I want yeah. like you know. That, that's my predicament. <laughs> yeah, I'm running a little on space as well. Yeah, like I don't have display cases or anything. I just got some like, little little knot stands I had, and so I've just kind of like made shift my own little corner. I'm hoping to uh, I need to buy some like actual cases and actually get it set up properly. But yeah, like for anyone listening. Uh, Horror collecting is uh is super fun, but it's super expensive and it's honestly addicting. Oh like, gosh! Like, yes. like I didn't even realize that. Like you just walk into a store and you see something that slightly catches your eye, and it's like really hard to like not buy it. I could I could I could spend a whole day talking to my therapist about it. <laughs> And see, I've never. I love. 
And, and see, I've never actually like got to go to like a horror convention. I've just uh, uh, I'm hoping like whenever things clear, I'll be able to actually attend one because I've I've always heard that uh, for collectors, horror conventions are is like the place to go to get stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the things I was gonna say, like I, you know, after working with Kyle as we started Trick or Treat podcasts, and you know, going into the horror community more, it's a kind of like a close knit community because you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain, but it's to me, it's very similar to like you know the wrestling community. And I think because we're all like basically like, hey, we're a bunch of like we're the same. Like we're you know, I, that don't mean this. I mean this with all sincerity. We're like a bunch of freaks and you know hmm. nerds and we love this like you have to you have to have a certain type of you know personality to enjoy the stuff we enjoy because not everybody loves horror i think no. that connects us together yeah and, and and bonds us to where like it becomes addicting because everybody's so cool like especially when you watch like documentaries of people like of like kane hotter for example like i'm like i want to meet that dude oh he's really nice he's ba- and he's like he's a badass and it's just like yeah. And then you then there's more people like that in the horror like that are part of the horror community and made their living in horror films that you just want to keep going and going. Like another one I thought of was the guy from um the second nightmare on Elm Street. You know, I saw his documentary. I was just mm, like, yeah. I want to meet that guy yeah. too. Like and that's yeah, Mark it, it kind of creates a pre- yeah. it creates an appreciation, I think, of the horror community and the stars who made a living in horror because um because it bonds us together, which is I think a lot different than like, you know, like I mentioned wrestling, but it's like a lot different than other genres. Like same way, like wrestling is different than like sports, like football and baseball. I think that's how horror is different than, you know, like people who made their, you know, made a career just like in drama or comedy. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's mostly because it's like with wrestling and horror, like used to be, you know, frowned upon, like, you know, you used to not be able to freely walk around, and you know, like, oh yeah, I'm a fan of this. Well, you know, getting getting made fun of or you know, treated like shit for. But by uh, nowadays, it's become more of a popular thing. Uh, it's becoming a lot more mainstream now. Yeah, absolutely, it has. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I, I could talk to you guys all day about this shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's but, a little detour there. A little detour, a little detour is fun. But we we get back on track here. Yeah, yeah. For all the people audit, uh, everybody listening. Uh, sorry for a little detour. We get back on track here. We're, we're talking about uh, the Canadian slasher from 1981, My Bloody Valentine. Carmen hit the trailer. bad time this time of year how many times is he gonna tell this story oh let him tell it i love fairy tales this ain't no fairy tale little girl if you don't take it seriously you're a fool (laughs) the first valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special You gotta get a lot of exercise if you're gonna grapple with Gretchen. Oh yeah? Well, I got a Valentine for her that she's never gonna forget. <laughs> right to the heart, huh? Oh, 
this town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. It can't be happening again. Stop! It can't be happening again. What's going on over in Valentine Bluffs? It looks like Harry Warden's back in town. It happened once. It happened twice. Cancel the dance or it'll happen twice. In the town of Valentine Bluffs, there are many ways to die. Take your pick. My Bloody Valentine. So, all right. Uh, so, My Bloody Valentine was released February 11th, 1981. And uh, as I said before, it's a Canadian slasher. It was filmed in Nova Scotia. It was filmed in the uh, the location was the Sydney Mines, which was uh, which uh, uh, was actually a, a, an actual working f- functional mine. It was uh, it was closed down in 1975 though, so you know, obviously it wasn't in operation while they were uh, before they they started filming this. But uh, b- but it was an actual working mine, which I thought w- w- was really neat that they filmed there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um... Pretty cool little little story. I'm sure you probably know about it. Is when they went in to to shoot the the movie, um, the the people that uh, owned the mine they they had like they spent like a, a fortune and a bunch of time cleaning it all up to yep, make it look yeah, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, uh, that like was not what we wanted. <laughs> so they had to spend a fortune to make it look dirty and used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I read I read that. Like three percent of the budget went into making it dirty and used again yes. because because originally like they chose that mine because of the way it looked and right that, exactly and then the yeah. town is just like oh well, we're gonna clean it up there's like yeah. no no you guys don't understand <laughs> that's why we chose it yeah exactly I thought that was pretty funny I was reading about that I was like oh my gosh yeah uh, this is also uh like I haven't this is in all the trivia I've I've see, I've read on it uh, I haven't uh, seen it myself so you'll correct me if I'm if I'm wrong about this but apparently this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher film I believe you're correct yes uh in uh so this movie was directed by and uh, I apologize if I uh, butcher the name directed by George um, uh George Pahalka Mahalka yeah it's more yeah. Mahalka okay directed by George Mahalka produced by John Denning uh Andre Link and Stephen Miller the screenplay was written by J- John is it Beard or I think that's pronounced Baird Baird yeah John 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 Baird it stars Paul Kel uh Paul Kelman Lori uh Lori Haler Neil Affleck Don Franks uh Cynthia Dell Alf Humphreys Keith Knight and Patricia Hamilton mm-hmm and uh, it's it has a runtime of 93 minutes, and as we said earlier, the budget was 2.3 million, and it had a, made a box office of 5.7 million. And uh, one of the things about this movie, like we saw earlier, about how like, this has uh, there's an uh, there's an uncut uh, extended edition, and then there's one there's the the regular edition that don't have much gore. And the reason that was was uh, 
MPAA cut, I think it was approximately nine minutes of this movie due to all the gore and, and stuff. And, and unfortunately it was due to, uh, because of the shooting of John Lennon that was recently, people had, uh, the, you know, the motion picture association of America had started cutting down on, you know, trying to showcase uh, a lot of violence in films. Mm-hmm. See here in front of the, and yeah, uh, little fun, little fun stuff before we actually start talking about it. Uh, so the original title was called the the secret, but they wanted, but apparently they wanted to capitalize on the. There was a current trend of like holiday based uh, horror films, and so they wanted to capitalize that. So that's why they changed it to My Bloody Valentine, but. There is a song that they that was written for the movie that's in the end credits mm-hmm. that still includes lines to the original film's uh, 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 name of the secret. Oh wow, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I unfortunately pretty much know the song by heart. <laughs> <laughs> Not something I'm necessarily proud of, but uh, oh, you know I, uh, I, I do. I, I'm, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, one of the we talking about like some of the scenes were cut, and then because uh, they cut like nine minutes of the stuff for being too gore. Gory was uh, the the death of Mike and and Harriet was actually supposed to be like way more gory, and it actually shown, but they ended up cutting that uh, entirely. And uh, so far, they they haven't released an edition that actually has that. Uh, I don't right. know if they ever will or not. Probably not. Th- that footage is probably gone by now, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, and that's it, too it bad. Probably is. But we do in the um, in the uncut version, they the reveal of the, of their uh, their off screen death is is a little more uh, detailed. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly, uh, it shows uh, Harriet's face and a lot of the blood and stuff. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh... One last thing, I thought this was pretty neat. Uh, so, according with an interview that, that Neil Affleck did, uh, apparently the director did not tell the cast who the killer was while they were filming, so that when when it came time to reveal, it was a genuine surprise. Mm, yep, I love it when they do that kind of stuff. I believe they did that in Scream too. I think I think so. But not mistaken. I know one of the things that they didn't scream that I loved so much was the fact that uh, Craven wouldn't let Roger Jackson meet the cast because they they did the phone calls in real time and he didn't want them to know who who they were talking to. They wanted him to actually like be on the phone with somebody that they've never seen. And so that they had that genuine, you know, reaction of, of possibly fear. Oh, I didn't know that. It's very cool. But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, I love this. I love this little cold opening of this mm-hmm. movie. Well, we see the cold opening ups up, and we have we're in this we're in this mine, and we see these two these two people in in a mining costume, and then one of them starts stripping down. And uh, and you know she's trying to uh, get with the, she's trying to get the other miner she's rubbing up all on the other miner and everything, but you know he, he's not he's not really doing anything he's kind of standing there and he throws his his uh, pickaxe down on the ground or into like a wall beside her 
and you know she's trying to she's you know groping all over him and everything and then uh y- y- you notice that she has a, a heart tattoo over uh, uh over over her left breast and uh she ends up getting pushed he ends up pushing her into the pickaxe and what i love about it is that the, the pickaxe goes uh it goes through like straight through the heart on her chest Mm-hmm. And then we, and then as she, as that happens, so she opens her mouth and then it like zooms in, and then we get the title screen, and I, and I love this because it shows, uh, it has the you know, my bloody Valentine, and then the two O's turned into hearts, and yeah. it, it, you know immediately you know you're in for some fun, you know, fun eighty slasher stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, I I love this cold open. Um, oh yeah, it does so many things. Uh, to prepare you for for this for your the movie that you're getting, it a establishes a fantastic um, uh, setting for a horror movie because you're already thrown into the mines and uh, which you know if you've seen the movie before the, the final act takes place in the in the mines so it prepares you for the setting that you're getting ready to get and the music is so fucking rad in this cult. It's simple, super simple, but it's, it's real. It really sets the mood for this movie. And the, uh, the music was done by Paul Zaza and I absolutely love it. And of course, you know, you get, uh, you get a really cool kill and this is actually the first sequence of the MPAA, uh, getting a hold of the, the, the kill and kind of, uh, butchering it down. Cause, uh, in the uncut version, the, there's a there's a, con, a a considerable amount more gore. The uh, you actually see the the pickaxe come out through through her chest. Yeah. Um. But in the theatrical version, you really don't see a whole lot at all. But um, you do get you it, the the kill is definitely alluded to and uh, and whatnot. But uh, in the uncut version, so much better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen it, like, make sure you you go out of your way to find the uncut version because it's so much better. And and uh, the only thing that really stands out is that the kills are, are like so much better, but when you're watching it, you'll know that, that you're watching the correct version because you'll see that it becomes a little bit more grainier. And, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It looks a lot different than, than, than the original footage. Yeah, it's not as bad as the yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night, <laughs> yeah, uncut version. Uh, that's that's a very fun to watch, but it's it's not it's the it, the the quality of the, res, the the quote unquote restored footage on that is significantly bad. But uh, this one, it's it's cleaned up a lot better. Yeah, but you yeah, can I'm, definitely tell the difference. Yeah, you can tell the difference, but it doesn't ruin the movie. No, not at all. Yeah. So you know, so after this, so after this awesome cut opening, we we uh, we go and the movie opens up and it's February, it's Thursday, February twelfth, uh, which which I was thinking about that and I love that the fact that the next day is Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's February twelfth and we're in a town called Valentine uh, Valentine Bluffs, and we see we see these miners. And uh, they're all preparing for the town's uh, first Valentine's Day dance in 20 years. Because, and we'll, we'll, we'll learn about why it's been so long later. Uh, 
well, you know, they're finishing their shift up and they're all excited to be going into town and, and, you know, getting ready for the dance while while the girls and what the hell is up with this montage, this scene of them all just dancing and having a good time in the shower and and then running off to the cars and you got this like this music playing and they're all like just going crazy screams 80s doesn't it yes it's it's 80s it's cheesy 80s goodness it's what it is is. there is uh there is a funny line that i have to say um that uh, when when they're showering, this it, it, this is a good sequence because it does introduce us to the major players. Yeah, and um, you know, and all these guys, they're all a pretty pretty likable dudes. They're all pretty cool, and you can tell that they're all pretty close. You can tell that this is a small town, and um, but <laughs> fucking John is his name. The character's name John is also known as Mister Fucking Buzzkill. Because they're all laughing and hooting and hollering, and what does he say? But to to TJ is, oh, I bet you didn't move back in town now that Axel's dating Sarah. Yeah, (laughs) he completely kills the whole fucking vibe. Killed the whole vibe. They all had. They were all like joking and and laughing and carrying on, and he says that, and literally everybody you hear cricket chirps. (laughs) <laughs> it's like wow dude you know how to kill a fucking mood good job good job buddy yeah yeah <laughs> he, hilarious he should just keep his mouth shut <laughs> yeah, he, he realizes that it shows his face shortly after he says that and you can tell inside he's thinking why am i so stupid why am i the way i am is yeah. really all that's going through his head i thought that was funny as hell though oh yeah and uh, yeah, well, like Brian said, uh, uh, among the the miners we have we have TJ, who is the mayor's son, who ended up leaving town. Uh, and he, I, I think they said in the movie he he headed out to try and try and make it big, but you know it didn't quite work out. So now he's moved back into town. Yeah, it's, it, he says he moved out to the west coast. And yeah, yeah, moved out to the west coast. Yeah, and uh, we have TJ. And uh, he used to date Sarah, who, uh, you know, is his former girlfriend, but she's with uh, the guy, one of the guys there, whose name is Axel. All the miners are heading, you know, like I said, they head into town because, you know, they're getting ready for, for, for the dance. And then we... Uh, he sees the mayor of the town. He visits the the hall, and he finds that someone has left him a box of chocolates. And then he's he opens it up later on. It is a heart shaped box, but he finds an actual human heart <laughs> in the box. And I love this because like this is uh this what this is one of the things I like about this movie a movie I like that uh this killer has his own like, little call-in card. Like this is his little, his little thing that he does. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and, uh, you, you know, he, 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 he sees the human heart and he's obviously, uh, he, he's obviously, uh, the, he, 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 not necessarily shocked, but, uh, he, he, you know, he, he. It's obvious that he knows what this means right. uh, throughout. Whenever he, whenever he opens up, and sees it. 
while wow. all this is going on, we're, uh, we go to a local bar and we see the barman. His name is Hap. I think I said they were Hap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Happy. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in there and he starts telling the story to all these people of why the town <laughs> has waited so long to hold the Valentine's Day party. <laughs> I, love, I love the way he tells it. Yeah. He's literally, he's like, he's rhyming. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's a bad time this time of year. My words you'll hear. They, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's the prophet of doom character. Which yeah. He's basically, most of these movies had what, back then. He, he gave me crazy, crazy Ralph vibes. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It reminded me of crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. Yeah. He's our, he's our prophet of doom. Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know he tells them the story of why they they're waiting so long, and it goes, he goes, it was the night of the Valentine's Day dance at the Union Hall, the biggest event of the year. It had been a tradition for over a hundred years. Everybody was there except for seven miners, who were out at the uh, at the Hanneker mine. Five of them were still down below, and two supervisors were waiting for the men to come up. Anxious to get to the party, they left before the men were safety out, fell in to check the methane gas levels in the tunnels down below. Five men were buried alive as the town continued to party. For six weeks, we dug around the clock to try and save them. After we broke through, one man was found alive. I was the one who found him. Harry Warden spent the next year in the state mental hospital. And like, it's awesome because like when you're seeing the – when he's telling the story, you see Harry Warden, and he's just like – he's screaming. And he had been eaten on a on one of the – I guess one of the deceased miners for, forearms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he reverted to cannibal. He went – he went uh, he went all uh, like Donner Party crazy. He did. Down there. I mean six weeks. I mean, That's six, a long yeah, I mean, time. Six weeks. I mean I'm yeah. – I mean, you can't really blame them. You, no, a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, your instinct to survive is going to kick in. You're going to do what you're you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, this shit happened in, on fucking Valentine's Day in February, so yeah. he didn't even get found until like April. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what <laughs> the that's hell? A long time. It's a long time. So yeah. So my question is like, what's like the minimum like amount of time that you got to wait before you're like, you know what? I gotta fucking eat somebody so I don't die. <laughs> That's my question. You know, obviously it was, you know, it was less than six weeks and they were fast. Yeah. So it was prob and if everybody was dead because he was not on them, like my guess is gonna be like they're waiting like it's a two week minimum wait. Yeah, I think that um I'm trying to remember I, I just listened to um the the last podcast on the left. It's, it's ironic that we're talking about this and that I did just listen to uh, the last podcast on the left, they talked about they did a two part special where they talked about the Donner Party and yeah. it happened in like 1846. And uh, I think they said it's like 16 days without food and your body starts to basically process its own like muscles and shit to 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 um to keep you alive. So your body starts to eat itself, you know, holy crap. And she, I think it's like 16 days or some shit like that. I I, I can't remember, and I and I'm too lazy to type it in. To <laughs> <laughs> no man, but uh, but yeah, Harry's so Harry spends the next year in the state mental hospital. Exactly one year later, on Valentine's Day, he came back to town. 
He killed two supervisors who had left their post the year before, and he cut out their hearts and stuffed them in the heart-shaped candy boxes. And uh, 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 this is great because, like, you see, you see one of the supervisors, and he well, before uh, he opens up this closet that door that has like a mirror on it. Before he opens up, but if you look real quick, you can already see Harry right behind him. Mm-hmm. Or even it's a good shot. Yeah, it's a great shot. He uh, he opens up the closet. He, he shuts the closet, and then Harry's right there. And uh, man, he <laughs> he slaughters him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> There's a quick, good quick shot uh, in the uh, uncut version of the of the the blood actually shooting onto you know out. And yeah. uh, I love it. Uh, it's really good. And then oh, you can yeah. see the open chest uh, cavity uh, for a little bit. It, yeah. Like, oh, the kills in this were really, really fucking rad. They were. And they were so good. Yeah, it's just crazy. That, I mean, and, and it, it. But thankfully, you know, there, a lot of it has been restored. You yeah. know, now, man, like in 1981, like the people that saw this, that, that were fans, super fans of the slasher genre. They were really missing out, so it's a good thing that a lot of this stuff got out because the the yeah. the practical effects in this were really really top notch. They really were. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's like it's like I'm glad you brought that. It's like because still, it's like I'm still shocked that they this movie didn't make be a franchise because it has all the makings to be one. Oh, there's so yeah. many things like I, I I I'll say about this franchise yeah. at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, but. Hey, I love uh I, I love seeing him like uh I love the fact that he like uh he takes their heart and like you mm-hmm. you can see it in the uncut version you can see him opening these people up it's great does a remake does a good job too of also being as gory as this one uh as this one was meant to be before it got cut mm-hmm. yeah especially I think in this person uh who gets killed in who's supposed to be this person in the remake, uh, I think this is the one where uh, he takes the the pickaxe and puts it in the ground and he shoves his head his head slowly down onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that kill was amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like, yeah, like I'm looking at the film, you know, in 1981 in comparison, like the amount of gore, but the the for me it looked more realistic. Yeah, like because, the gore they had. Yeah, because like, they actually well used done. practical effects. And then in addition to like, you know, you compare some of the films you mentioned, like surprises they didn't make this a franchise. But if you look at some of the franchises, you know, from Halloween, Friday Thirteen, Nightmare on Elm Street, like looking at this film again today, fresh in my mind, I'm like, this these kills are, and a lot of I for me are better. I mean, they are. Yeah, and with the yeah. practical effects, I mean, they did a very, you know, very good job. Especially like you mentioned the kill with the, you know, killing the supervisor. It, I mean, it's simple, but it's like really effective. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. These these kills are amazing. But uh, but yeah, he killed he killed two supervisors. And he left their posts that you that and he cut out their hearts and he stuffed them in candy boxes. And you don't see the other one get killed, but you it it shows uh, two boxes. Uh, uh, dripping blood at, at, at the dance, so mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's pretty easy to assume that he killed both of them, even though we didn't see it. But uh, people at the dance found the boxes, uh, blood dripping out the sides. Inside was a note, a warning from Harry never to hold a Valentine's Day dance ever again. 
So now every February 14th, Harry comes back to town, his pickaxe stained with blood, waiting in the shadows of the Hanager <laughs> of the Hanager mine just for someone to kill should they uh, should they not heed heed his warning. And I love how it ends with you got this like uh, shot of the fog in the background and it, it looks it, good. Yeah, and Harry just like uh, uh, Harry looking on and then turning around and you see his little light and everything. Yeah, it looks good. Her, her, the, the, once once again, the the simplicity of the design of the minor killer really is really is beautiful. Because I mean, he, he all in all in black essentially, or whatever. It, it's super yeah. dark. Um, and the gas mask and the light just and the helmet just it it adds yeah. such. A, it's so simple, but it's so incredibly effective. And and it lends uh it lends to a, a great shot when you're shooting it in like the the dark and, the, and with the fog and everything super super intimidating looking yeah yeah i agree it's it's it's, it's such a simple but effective look and it, you'll you'll especially notice it throughout because like uh i also love like whenever it's it's dark you know, you'll see the little light shining on it and you know that th- th- that can blind some of the people so mm-hmm. you know that's effective and then when he's around just hearing him breathe is terrifying yeah <laughs> It's just God. It's such a simple costume, but just so effective, and it's just it still blows my mind why they couldn't do it. Because anybody can be in that costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could essentially be like Scream, where there could be a, a killer, a different killer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so yeah, he uh, a happy finishes his his tale, and of course the the people at the at the uh, the people at the bar don't believe him, and they carry on planning a party even though they're told not to. <laughs> so they all head out to the local junkyard and they carry on drinking and TJ and Axel uh, get into an argument over Sarah, of course. She, <laughs> she uh, clearly is the, the only, the only girl in town. It's I know. <laughs> Cause uh yeah, it's just it's interesting. But I mean I guess I get it though. I mean I do. I I, I Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I love this movie. I'll I'll admit it's not perfect. Yeah. And we'll talk about some stuff uh at the at the end that I that I think that there's some there is actually some technical issues with this stuff, but uh yeah. But yeah, Sarah apparently the uh the the greatest catch on the planet because these two uh, guys apparently yeah, yeah, they're just they're ready. They're, they're <laughs> I mean, and, and in the remake, it's like that too. Like it, it but, is, but in the remake, she's married to Axel. She's, yeah, she's married. Yeah, yeah, and TJ still wants her. <laughs> yeah, they, I noticed that they don't refer to him as TJ in the remakes. They just no, call him Tom. Uh, it's Tom. Yeah. Yeah, and his name is Tom in this movie. Yeah. His name is Tom Jesse Hanner, and they just call him TJ. Yeah. And she actually, she, he actually goes more by Jesse than even Tom in this movie because yeah. Sarah usually refers to him as Jesse when she's talking to him. Yeah, so. and it, it, it's it's weird. Uh, there's a scene where <laughs> where TJ uh, he essentially kidnaps her. He does, <laughs> and she's completely okay with it. I know. She's like, no, no, but she's no. not. She's yeah, yeah, not yeah. biting it. She's just walking along. <laughs> yeah, she's like telling him no, and he's like, "Nope, oh, you're going." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, now <laughs> I like, know. I, I, me of that Tom Segura. I don't know if you've ever listened to Tom Segura, but it's like he's, I have. he's talking about like there's a joke that he does. It's like when you uh, like what does a what does a van say? It's like, it's like you don't want to get in. 
You're going <laughs> to. It's like a kidnap joke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like. Tell the joke the, the correctly. But yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so crazy because, like, I'm sort of watching it. I'm like, now I know in America, though, like, this is illegal. So I don't yeah. really know how Canada goes, but yeah. <laughs> he just kidnapped her. He did. He did <laughs> from work. Yeah. Yeah. Just takes her off and, you know, he ends up, uh, he, he, he ends up making out with her. Yep. Uh, so, you know, the, they get into a big fight over Sarah and everything. And meanwhile, we see this this older woman. Her name is Mabel. And she works in a laundry. Uh, it, it, it's a laundromat, but they call it something. They call it a laundrette. Uh, you know, I don't. I, yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, it but is, yeah, uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a laundromat. But yeah. yeah, it's a laundromat. They call it some dude. It just must be a it must be a Canadian thing. But uh, but uh, she's in there and uh, you know she's going through and then she sees a, a heart shaped box uh, uh, on on a table and she goes over and she opens it up and she has a little a little note and she reads it and uh, I can't remember exactly w- what it said but it it, it, it was Ooh, it says roses are red violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. So are you? Yes. I actually have I have that Valentine because I oh ordered, yeah I I ordered a T-shirt from Gutter Garbs yeah and um for like five bucks you could get like a limited edition Valentine and it, on the front it says my bloody Valentine you open it up and it it has that little poem in it yeah. Thank nice, you. nice. That's awesome. A uh, gutter garbs. Is that a good? Uh, is that a good place to get horror stuff? Hell yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Gutter garbs is just as good as fright rags, which is just as good as cavity colors. Yes. It, it, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like I, I only heard heard you heard a gutter garbs just right there when you said that. I always know of fright rags and cavity colors. Yeah. Terror threads is another really good. One. Yeah. Yeah. Terror threads. Yeah. Yeah. I've spent way too much money at. <laughs> T villain, T villain is pretty damn good too. Yeah, but uh, and, and you know she's obviously freaked out by the Valentine, and then she runs into our our boy the miner, uh, and uh, she tries to run away, and he ends up grabbing her, and we don't uh, <clears throat> we don't see the kill, but mm. he uh, uh, but later on we see where uh, one of the chiefs the, the chief of the town he later finds her body. Uh, stuffed in the washing machine and in the uncover is so awesome because like her body just like rolls out and it's yeah. all fried. He actually yeah he yeah. stuffed her in, in a dryer yeah and turned it on. The reveal yeah. on that is fantastic it's, in the uncut. Oh yeah, it's great and like I think this is like one of the more like iconic kills of the movie. This is one that uh, I see replicated a lot in, mm-hmm. in other movies. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Say, like, uh, I've seen. I was going to say quickly, like, I've seen washers. I feel like it's like the only time I've seen a dryer. Like, I remember, like, I, I still know what you did last summer. Uh, Halloween 6, Halloween Resurrection. I remember seeing, like, like washers used. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. feel like I've ever seen, like, a dryer used where, like, they basically cut mm. them. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it really yeah. is. The, the the reveal on this was so good. and It was. And honestly, even in the theatrical cut, you do get to see enough of her reveal where you quickly you're like, oh, shit, you know, if yeah, you've never seen yeah. it. And, and it looks good. But holy shit, the reveal and the uncut is unbelievable because not only does, you know, the 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 dryer door kind of pops open and her body pops out, but it keeps spinning. 
Yeah. And it's just flopping there. And holy shit, is it rad? <laughs> it's, it's, it's it really is. Amazing kill. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so, you know, the chief finds poor her body. Mabel. Yeah, poor, poor Mabel. Poor Mabel. She was a sweetie. <laughs> and so the chief finds her. And, you know, he, he automatically assumes that Harry Warden, who was locked up many years ago, he's back in town. So the mayor orders that the party is canceled. But, of course, you know, the the kids aren't 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 standing down. So they plan another party in which TJ suggests that they hold it at the mine. Wonderful. Great. Great idea, TJ. And uh, and while they're doing this uh happy ends up he goes out to the mine because he finds out that you know they're gonna hold up the, the party at the mine and he sets up a trap to intended to scare the kids uh into believing them about you know the harry warden story and i love this because like he sets up this like minor this or this the little trap where like they open this uh door and uh and a minor comes out and it's supposed to scare him. And he he keeps opening this door like five or six times and busting out laughing every time he he he's uh, every time he does this. He's just having a blast with this trap. And uh, yeah, I love that. I love it because he's, he's yeah he's playing. He keeps playing with it. Yeah, he keeps playing with <laughs> he it. He opens and, and closes then, that door yeah, like four times. He does it like four or five times, and then he shuts it finally, and he walk he goes to walk off, and then he stops. And you see him, you see this little face come across him, and he turns back around, he opens it one more time, and boom, the miner comes out. <laughs> and we get one of the best fucking kills, especially on the uncut version. He yes. takes his pickaxe and he hits him in the he hits he hits him under his under his chin, and the pickaxe goes straight through his eye and his eye comes out. Yeah, and, and that um, kill that kill is actually pay, they pay homage to that kill. In two separate kills in the remake, I, yeah. I I don't know this for a fact, but I gotta believe they they that's why they did the kills the way they did because in the remake, um, uh, Tom Atkins is killed with a pickaxe through the the under under the jaw where they rip he rips off his bottom jaw and it shoots out of the yeah. screen all 3D. Yeah. And uh, there's also a kill in the remake where uh, Harry slaps the dude in the back of the head with the pickaxe. And it pops out his eye, um, so I'm, I, yeah. I believe that's why they did those two kills they did because they paid, they paid homage to one kill by doing two pretty kick ass kills in the remake. Yeah, yeah, and like the, the the kills in the remake are, are really good, but man, the nothing. This pops, kill is fantastic. These kills, yeah, yeah. This kill, this is in my opinion, in my opinion, this is actually the the second best kill. And we're 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 I, in my opinion, this is just yeah. me, but I could I, I would never I could never argue somebody that wanted to say that this is the best kill in the movie because oh, it's yeah. so fucking good. Yeah, and it's like this is this is the kind of stuff I had hoped that we would have got with part two, Jason, because he had mm. a little pickaxe. Yeah, but you know we didn't quite get it as 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 good as as good as the the Hamaner did here. Right. Right. So, you know, so Happy's dead, and now the the party's getting started in the mine's recreation room. But, you know, unfortunately for them, there's an uninvited guest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I love this because uh, during this scene, 
there's a guy and he's boiling some hot some hot dogs and the monitor just goes up behind him and he rams his head into the boiling mm. water and just sticks it in there so this guy's like having his face pulled off yeah poor dave while, yeah, yeah poor dave yeah and while this is happening there's little hot dogs in the water too so yeah yeah that uh that uncut version uh the the theatrical version you don't see his face in the water yeah at all. yeah no you don't and I, w- I wonder why it just didn't seem that intense that they would need yeah, to cut it, that it's out really not yeah but um but they did and and then the the uncut you know with the with that restored footage you get to see a camera shooting up as his face is in the water and yeah and, uh, yeah there's hot dogs floating around little hot dogs face. floating around yeah <laughs> poor guy you know <laughs> it, um i want to know i want to know what was what was written first versus what was shot first was Halloween two written before this movie was shot because this is like almost this there's a kill in Halloween two yeah in the hospital that's like this and kind of what you're saying, Brian, is that I, for one, I don't think this it was go- this is no gore at all. This guy's no, head no. underneath water, and it's some like it wasn't even like I don't even think like the effect of it was that bad. But it, in Halloween two, though, I can't remember the nurse. It was the one who was killed. Um, I feel like that was they didn't show her face either. But I feel like that was more, I guess, gory for lack of it a was. better word, even though it wasn't more. Even though at all in general both kills were gory. No, but, you, um, but you're right. Yeah, the one in Halloween two was way more intense, um, because he, you know, in, in Halloween two he keeps dipping her in and pulling her out, and every time he pulls her out, she's got more and more burned flesh falling off. Yeah, and so, and uh, like that made it to the theaters. You know what I mean? But this one did yeah. not. It, it was really, it's really interesting. It's, it's you're, weird, you're dude. Right. And also, it's like because these came out the same year. Yeah, so same it's year. like yeah. I feel like I feel like um, I feel like maybe they they cut out more than what they needed to because they just wanted to be super safe or something. Yeah. Because you hear these stories all the time about them saying, okay, well, we sent it to the MPAA and they said, hey, you know, you need to trim some of this off, this off, this off. Yeah. And then they don't even trim anything and they just send it right back and then it gets passed. Yeah. You, I hear that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like maybe they were like, oh, well, you know, let's just play it safe. We got to get the movie out here. So let's just cut this, this and this and this and this. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they went a little overboard cutting it because they just wanted to make sure it would pass. Yeah. And they probably could have got away with a lot more if they really just if they really wanted to. Maybe. Oh, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apparently they were uh, uh, they were uh, they were real close to getting an X rating, so like they had to cut mm-hmm. a lot of stuff out. And yeah. and like we, I love how you mentioned how people how the, some people just send in stuff. They'll resend what they just really sent and didn't cut anything, and then they'll get passed. It's like uh, uh, I love when people try when films try and like go around stuff to try and avoid those X ratings. It's like with one of our favorite empire movies from dust till dawn mm-hmm. they used green blood in order to avoid an x rating instead of oh. instead of red blood yeah okay wow. uh, yeah so you know he you know, he, he, he's dead and and i love that uh harry leaves his heart in the bowling water 
<laughs> later yeah. on for these girls to find. And, and and when they find it, they don't even know what it is. They're that is like, hilarious yeah, to me. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They're just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious to me. Because John is in, the, is in the kitchen. He turns around yeah. and pull it. He's like, oh, I tell you, those guys. He's got to be Howard goofing off. Yeah, hey, Howard just goofed off and threw a human heart in a fucking yeah. Which I mean, I guess you know, it, it obviously looks like way different. So it, yeah, it's all but, boiled. It's not even. Yeah, it's all boiled and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. you would think it would. Look yeah, though. it would bleed or some or you know something. Yeah, you know, I guess <laughs> theoretically, if you boil, if yeah. that thing is boiling long enough, eventually all that blood will just kind of boil away. Yeah. Theoretically, I, I don't know. I'm not. I would never. I've never boiled a heart. So yeah. 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 I mean, I've cooked a liver before, not human liver, a calf liver, and mm-hmm. that's eventually what happens is that it just kind of it just goes away and just turns it. I mean, it literally turns into that color you see in that heart. I mean, it's very. I mean, it's very close. Okay. And it, it, you and it just for me like looking at it, it's also weird too because, um, it looks like I feel like it looks like um like clay. Like, it does. Like, yeah, it kind of like does. Lump of clay. Yeah. Fortunately, I mean, I've cooked many, uh, in my family because this is one of the things of being always joking cowboy back. Like, I swear I'm not a cannibal. I swear, like I, but I've growing up and we raise our own livestock uh, from pigs to goats. I've cooked my first share of organs in my life. Hey man, you got it. <laughs> You heard it. You heard it here first on the podcast. You gotta uh, eat. Uh, uh, Jr. likes to bull human or- organs, and he definitely <laughs> know, he knew how this scene worked. Is, is there? A, I wonder if there's a statute of limitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I plead uh, the fifth. <laughs> and so, so while this is while you know while this is happening, uh, TJ and Axel are are finally going to blows over Sarah and the, 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 they get to a real big heated argument. And, and where, where even at one point Sarah says, I've got a mouth. And then, and then uh, TJ says, yeah, we'll, we'll use it. And he's like, and Axel wants to know what, what, what she's talking about. And then TJ tries to tell her that, you know, Oh, she's wanting to leave you for me and all this other shit. Yeah, and then Sarah's just she's kind of fed up with both of them at this point. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, th- I feel I feel like she don't even want to be with any of them <laughs> at this point. No. Yeah, and, and I love this because after this fight, uh, Axel gets all pissed off and he like walks off, but like he dramatically grabs and opens a beer and then he just shuts the door and then he walks over to the into a corner and then you know he, he you see him visibly upset. He <laughs> super fucking ultra. Man, baby, pouts. He, <laughs> he did. He does. He, and he does. I laugh so hard when he grabs that beer and <laughs> dramatically yes. rip. It's like because it's like I, I know I'm a I'm a I'm a bit older than you guys, but um, I remember seeing my my dad and my grandpa drink beers that had like those literal pull off tabs where you just pulled and pulled it off because that's what kind of beer he opens. And uh, he just super dramatically just rips it off like, <laughs> and he he does he storms off and finds a corner and sits on a little a little thing and just does he man baby pouts. <laughs> it's hilarious. 
Yeah, it's it, it, I, I laugh every time when he dramatically opens that beer and <laughs> and shuts that door, slams that door, and walk, walk, runs off. It's, it's fucking awesome. it's fucking hilarious. Uh, one of the things that uh, that uh, I, I forgot to mention uh, that's funny because you can literally look. I swear, it's every scene. You can look at this in, in this movie from the start, uh, well, well, almost from the start. In almost every scene, there is this one beer. That is in almost every scene. Yeah, Moosehead, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Moosehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's even in it's even in scenes where it shouldn't even be there, like, like in the laundry <laughs> yeah. in the laundry mat. There was yeah. a case of Moosehead. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, Moosehead <laughs> like, paid a fortune. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I was watching a review of it with a. Uh, 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 with these one people on YouTube who are Canadian, and they said that it's a pretty popular Canadian beer. It so, is. you know, I, I, it's still around. I think it's still I, I think so. Yeah, I just love that, that they just product place that in every fucking scene in the laundry bag. It's like, man, man, Mabel was getting lit. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have fun when you when you when you doing your when you when you're doing your delicates. <laughs> You know, and I wonder why was a. There's two popular beers that I know from Canada. It's Moosehead and Molson. Mm-hmm. And I wonder. Um, I wonder how much more popular one is over the other. Which is kind of at this point, it's a moot point because I visited five years ago. I went to Canada for my honeymoon in Montreal, and they're actually more into now craft brews. You know, obviously, I think that's taken over America and all over North America is craft beers. But just one of those things, curiosity. You know how. It, here in the states, we got Bud, Bud and Coors, and I just wonder which one of them are popular. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's uh, so so after you know Axel's being a pouty baby over in the corner. Uh, um, uh, meanwhile, uh, John and Sylvia walk off, and uh, they, they're gonna go find a place to go. To, I go have sex. But, uh, on. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna with their swerve on, as Brian said. You <laughs> <laughs> know, uh, uh, they're in the back of like this. Uh, I don't know what it was. Was it a truck or? Oh no, they're in like the um, they're in like one of the prepping areas. For oh, the prepping, yeah, to, yeah. They go to get changed into into their gear and shit. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So like, they're sitting in the back of this, and you know, uh, they got the covers on and everything, and all, and then. Of course, just like you know, uh, typical horror movie trope. Sylvia tells him to go grab some beers, <laughs> but, but 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 at first he thought uh, she uh, he uh, she meant uh, uh, for him to grab a condom, and he pulls it out and goes, "Oh no, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm gonna grab some beers. You gotta get some more Moosehead uh, yeah. promo in there." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so John leaves and he goes to grab some beers, and uh, while this is happening, uh, Sylvia ends up. Uh, running into the the minor, and uh, I love I love how uh, I love before she gets killed how it's set up how he has the mining outfits mm-hmm. dropping down and she keeps running into him and so you're sort of watching the movie and you you you, you have a little bit of anxiety because you're like oh shit you know where's he gonna jump out at you know is he gonna yeah. fall yeah is he gonna be one of these or, or what yeah this um this is my this I think is the best kill in the movie oh yeah yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love the intensity of it because yeah. all those things dropping down. Yeah, um, we it's also get done it so well. Yeah, it is. It's done really well. We also get a fantastic reveal of Happy's uh, body. Yeah. Um, it's it's especially fantastic in the in the director's cut in the uncut yes. version or whatever you want to call yes. it. Um, because you know his 
it was a fantastic kill. And then you see the, the reveal is even, it's just as good. Yeah. But, um, what I, um, well, first of all, her kill is intense. Cause I mean, he, he literally, cause she's super small. She's a super small uh, girl. Yeah. Um, and it, I love how they, they pair her and John together because John is super tall. Yeah. And, uh, he, so the, the minor, I love it. He picks her up just by her fucking head. He does. Walks her into the shower and he impales her onto a shower head with the shower head shooting mm-hmm. out of his mouth. And in the director's cut, this kill rules. It is amazing. Yeah. And the practical effects are so good because it it looks they I think they made like a full cast of, of her upper torso, you know? Yeah. And it looks so good. It looks just like her. Yeah. And I, I now I don't know how they did that, but man, it's unreal. And then he does he he impale and then you see him like he even reaches over and he turns the water on. Yeah. And that is it's so kick ass. And uh, originally uh uh that he get to do this, but originally when when John finds her uh, the water was supposed to be blood was supposed to be blood or supposed to be blood, but unfortunately they uh, it, it something happened and it took so so long that it didn't it didn't work like that. Right. But yeah, the, so the Yola, when he finds her is still good too. Oh, yeah, he has a great reaction. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they uh uh after he was is like the, the, the director's cut kill is, is wonderful. The unfortunately the theatrical cut isn't as good. It's not as good no. Yeah, so this is why I said, you know, make sure you watch the director's cut. Yeah. Of this. I want to say something real I, quick. I want to uh, know if. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just no real quickly. I like the more that I go through as we're going through this film and going over these kills. I'm like, I, he's no longer here because he passed away. Um, I want to know if Mustafa Akkad saw this film and got inspiration because there's there's a similar kill to this in Halloween Six in the beginning yeah. of the film. Yeah. And. I'm just like in this one thing is you go back to Kyle. It's like, and we said it earlier, and we keep saying it again. It's like this film was so good. These kills are so good. Like it's giving. I see there's inspiration of this in other films. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Specifically is. Halloween because I know those backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, I wanted to say something real quick about the kills in this. Uh, and since we got to this one. I feel like I can talk about the, a couple of the other ones uh, and okay. haven't quite come up yet. Um, well, you know what? No, you know, I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Uh, uh, yeah. And so, but before John finds her body, I love this. He, he's, he's looking for, he's, you know, he thought he obviously went off to go grab some more beers. Well, he eventually opens up a refrigerator and he grabs the beer and in the refrigerator is uh, Dave. <laughs> Dave's body. And they just, Fucking don't even see it. They don't even see it. Yeah. They don't even see it. Yeah. I don't even know how they didn't see it. Yeah. But I mean, of course, though, we, we, we made sure to get that product placed in a, a moose head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you see the moose head beer and they, they remove the beer and then you see Dave's body. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great. But yeah, like whenever he finds her body, though, it's so great because he just like is so shocked. And he yeah, just his reaction's really good. Yeah, he just puts his hands on his on his on his head. And he just he's so shocked at you know at at this. He, he uh, like Brian said, he, he has a wonderful reaction. Uh, meanwhile, while all this is going on, uh, the chief he's starting to get a bad feeling, 
And so he heads over to the mine, but unfortunately he's called away to an emergency before he can get to the party. Yep. Yeah, yep. he pulls up to the gates and then just turns right around. Yeah. And uh, so now we have, uh, you know, there's a group of six, uh, uh, Sarah, Howard, Hollis, Patty, uh, Mike, and Harriet. Uh, they all decide that they want to take a trip down into the mine. And yeah, after, that's always a good idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, great idea. And after they leave, the remaining people at the party, they figure out what's going on and they flee. Uh, Axel and TJ uh, uh, end up staying behind to follow the others into the mine uh, to, you know, to, to, try to tell them about what's going on. Uh, down down uh, into the mine, uh, Mike and Harriet uh, end up wandering, wandering, wandering off from the others to, you know, because th- they want to go get it on. But get their swerve on. Exactly. Well, but, uh, the miner ends up having different plans for them, and uh, they get impaled onto an industrial drill. Unfortunately, we don't see his kill. Yeah. There is supposed, there is supposedly, I don't know, I, I, I figure by now it's, it's probably destroyed. There is supposedly footage of this kill, but they've never released it. That's too bad. I would have yeah. loved to have seen this. Right? It would have been a great kill. Yeah. And uh, Hollis ends up finding uh, uh, finding their bodies, and then he ends up taking a nail gun to the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, poor uh, Hollis. Yeah, poor Hollis. He's probably <laughs> the only uh genuinely good character through and through in this right? movie. because yeah. honestly our two major uh, quote unquote you know heroic figures being right now Axel and TJ yeah they're, they're both shit honestly next. kind of shit <laughs> yeah TJ is literally trying to move in on his uh, assuming friend's girl yeah just because he was, he feels like he was there first. Yeah. And then TJ is clearly in several scenes. It's, it's shown that he's an, a, a possessive prick, you know? I mean, cause yeah. you know, there's a bar sequence where she goes to get up to put some music on. He's like, Hey, where are you going? You know I mean? Like she did, she just stood up and he's like, freak, and he's fucking freaking out. And she's like, oh, I was just going to go play some music. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Be my guest. You know, yeah. and they're like, dude, you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Both of these guys are super, super flawed characters. It adds to them kind of be feeling real. Yeah. But they're neither one of these guys are a fucking prize by any means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things I appreciate in this movie is like, uh, the characters all, uh, the characters all, all feel like real characters. Like, yeah. They do. Like, like the, the TJ and Axel, this honestly feels like. The, the way they're portrayed it is how you would expect a, like a love triangle to be portrayed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but yeah, going back on like Hollis being like, you know, genuinely one of the best, uh, you know, good characters. I mean, yeah. even, even before they even go down to the mine, he makes sure that they all have blankets and, yeah, exactly. and, and everything. Like he's just a genuinely good dude. Yeah. He's, but, he breaks up the fight between yeah. Axel and TJ. He um he goes and he talks to TJ and try at the at the uh the uh, junkyard and t- tells him, oh you're being a little hard on Axel. You can't exactly blame the guy. You know, I mean, he's just a genuinely good person. Yep, he's a wonderful dude. But who unfortunately. who unfortunately leads about five people to their demise. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he had, yeah, 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 yeah. Just 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 a slight little mishap there. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. You know. 
he had good intentions, but yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Uh, unfortunately, there's a crazed miner. You know, it yeah. happens. <laughs> uh, so yeah, unfortunately, you know, Hollis meets a nail gun to the head, and uh, and uh, uh Howard uh ends up running off and leaves the two girls to be found this, by T- TJ and Axel. Yeah, I know Howard. This heroic this, piece of shit. Howard, such an asshole. He's such a loser. He just <laughs> abandoned these poor fucking girls who don't know their way around at all. Nope. And he admittedly barely knows his way around because he yeah. hasn't worked at the mine very long. So yeah, he he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the four of them they all try to leave, and the lift's been sabotaged. So then they find a ladder to climb up, and I love. This is like one of my favorite scenes from the it's uncut great. from the uncut version because yes. they're climbing up the ladder, they get part way up, and Howard's body is hanging uh, comes hanging uh, down, and his head comes off, and then the rest of his body just falls straight on the ground. It's so fantastic. It's it's done so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once again, that prosthetic looks just like that actor. It does. It's really good, and uh, and of course it's it's butchered in the theatrical version. Yeah, you still see a, a quick glimpse of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in the in the in the uh, extended version or whatever we want to call it, yeah, it, it, you see like the heads separate from the the rest of the body. Yeah, and uh, and then there's a shot of just the head and like a portion of like the uh, the the his upper torso there's all that's left just a tiny bit past the the neck area yeah, yeah. and it's just hanging there it's, it's so great good. it's so great but then you know that happens and then this is uh this is one of the parts where I was like why did they do this they head back down <laughs> yeah they were already almost there <laughs> they were almost there and they head back down <laughs> After the, yeah. I mean, it's it makes I guess because they assume yeah. that that the miner is up there and that, yeah. that he's he's fucking with them, so they didn't yeah. want to climb to their death. So I guess I do. It does make sense, but yeah, yeah, yeah. See their reasoning when I'm really thinking about it, but watching it, I was like, you guys were almost there. You just went through all that trouble. I mean, finish yeah. finish the climb. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they head back down, and meanwhile, the the chief has arrived back at the mine. And he finds that the, the broken lift equipment, and so he calls for backup. Now, and then we were we're back down below the mine, and the quartet of, of uh, victims in the making are making their way back to the train carts in another attempt to escape the mine. During the journey, Axel slips and he's drowned in a sixty foot deep sump. Yep. And uh, TJ is seemingly trapped by a cave in. The two girls carry on alone, only for Patty to be killed by by the miner's pickaxe uh, and, and and poor her. She just like, she's like running. Uh, she's like, uh, she, he just comes out of nowhere and just stabs her in the fucking Yeah. Head. Just slams yeah. her in the abdomen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is funny too, because like whenever he like goes to get his pickaxe, she's like not letting him have his pickaxe. Cause yeah. She's like, like holding on to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this poor guy, <laughs> but, uh, so TJ ends up, uh, TJ returns after, uh, Patty gets killed. Uh, you know, he's he's not trapped at all, and he and Sarah board the carts, and then they're followed uh, by the miner. And, and it's funny because like they're you know, the, you know they're going through these carts, and it's just a funny scene of them going back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, walking the carts. And he, him and TJ end up fighting, and they fall off the cart, and they enter a boarded up ventilation shaft. And it's here finally that the the miner's mask gets removed, 
and it's not Harry Warden. Shocker. It is Axel. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Axel, you know, Axel, the man baby who had a fit earlier. (laughs) He's the, he's the killer. Shocker. You know, in the remake, TJ is the killer. Yeah, it's Tom. Tom here. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way that they set that up in the remake because it's like he's having this psychotic breakdown where he's seeing Harry, but he's actually Harry and doesn't realize it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's done really well. But uh, but yeah, so Axel is the killer. And and, and that's why I I was hoping that's how it was in the remake when I first watched it, because, man, he just he 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 had all the uh, he seemed like he was the killer. He had every right to be the killer. There was yeah. so much thing going for him. I was like, this guy's totally the killer. And, and also, you know, as a fan of Supernatural, I didn't want Jensen Ackles to be the killer. <laughs> I, I, didn't want, I, didn't want, I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want Dean Winchester to be the, yeah, to be yeah, the fucking he, killer he, yeah, here. Yeah, he's a hero, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, uh, Axel is the killer, is the minor. And it turns out uh, there's a flashback, and I love this flashback because it's like because it's funny because you know Axel's not explaining this to him. We're just seeing this in the flashback, so they have no idea what the fuck's going on and why he is actually killing these people. Yeah, yeah, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, but they don't explain it. It's just a flashback. Uh, it turns out. Axel's father was one of the supervisors that, that that Harry Warden killed. He was a little kid under the bed when when we saw the the supervisor get killed. That was looking in the that was opening up the door with the mirror that gets killed. And it, 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 it's an awesome scene too because blood splatters up and, and hits Axel who's under the bed and everything. Yeah, it hits him right on his face. Yeah. 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 And he's just kind of you know that just kind of like had like an effect on him. He never got over it. And. So him and TJ are having a struggle, and the, the roofs end up caving in. And uh, Sarah and TJ end up end up escaping, but Axel is trapped. And you know all, the chief's there with a group of townspeople and cops. And then Sarah ends up uh, uh, they, they end up uh, saying that Axel's not dead. And Sarah goes back for some reason and grabs his arm, and he grabs her arm. But then at the same time, he's sawing off his arm. Yeah, he is. It, 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 it's not so shown in the in the theatrical cut. No, here. it's not. In the, uh-huh. in the director. Yeah, you see him. You know, he does. He 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 reaches up and he grabs her. Yeah. And then he's but his arm is pinned. But, but his arm and, is pinned. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he is. He's he's cutting at it with that knife. He's just yeah. cutting his own fucking arm off so he can get away. It's pretty fucking rad. <laughs> it, it is pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome scene. Yeah. And so like he he cuts his arm off, and then they end up you know freaking out because they grab his arm and they look through and you can see him running off. He runs off into the mine and he's uh, telling Sarah that she's gonna be his bloody Valentine. Yep. And then the movie ends and we get an awesome closing credit song too. Yeah, the ballad of Harry, ballad of Harry Warren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great thing. But yeah, and that's 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 the film. It's so fun. It such is a man. Fun movie. Such um, a such an underrated slasher. Like I thought yeah, I'd say I that a lot, but it just truly is. It's like like I said earlier, it's like not a lot of people put this on list or talk about this, and I feel like a lot of people just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I genuinely do. I think this is probably this is probably my favorite eighties slasher. Um it's, it's really it's, good. 
Yeah, my, fa- my I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Halloween. Of course, th- that came out in 1978. So, um, but yeah, this 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 movie it's got a lot of really fun um, stuff, especially if you pay attention. And I, and I said earlier, there's some stuff about the kills that I wanted to talk about, and in in most of the kills, there there's a there's like there a lot of the kills are foreshadowed by dialogue and events in the movie. Um, and I'll take, I'll take them one by one that I've, that I've caught. Um, Uh but the first one is Sylvia's kill because when, when all the guys, um, uh, rush to the, the hall to help decorate for Mabel, when they all run in, all the, all the guys greet their girlfriends. And what does John do? He picks her up by her head and kisses her and then sets her down. And that's how the minor kills Sylvia. Yeah. The same way he picks her up by her head and slams her on the on the shadow shower head. Yeah. So the oh, fo- wow. foreshadowing of her death. Okay. Um Patty, she foreshadows her own death um by saying when she's talking to Sarah while they're on their way to work and she says, "My oh, you should see the dress I'm wearing. Cut down to here, slid up to here. I may not make it out alive, you know." So uh, a little bit of foreshadowing going yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, but the, there's another really good, uh, really good example of, of, of a foreshadowing was when uh, they're in the mines and Hollis is walking with uh, Patty and Sarah and Howard is hiding and he, he, he reaches out and he scares Hollis. Right. Yeah. Well, when they're all when they're all four walking off together, Howard says, oh, my blanket. Hollis says to him, hey, you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached with rope. Oh, uh, yeah. And so I and never then, caught this. What happened? Wow. That Howard's head is separated from his body. Yeah. How, how, you know, if you pay any attention to a lot of that, a lot of these people's deaths are totally foreshadowed. Yeah. And, That's and they're pretty That's fantastic. <laughs> That's yeah. the, there, there's this, there, there's like enough for replay value to go back. It is. It, this movie's it, got yeah. a lot of rewatchability because it of does. stuff like that. This movie is actually a lot more intelligent than people give it credit for. It does. But there is some stuff that I've noticed on, on re- re- repeated watchings that, that, that do bring it down. It's definitely not a perfect movie. No. Yeah. But, um, there's some, there's some, I think there's a, I, I genuinely think there's an editing error in the final product of this film. And um, it has to do with Mabel's death, because when we uh, when we're following our main characters, they're at the bar. And that's when they uh, you know, that's when we see TJ kind of get all pissy with Sarah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we see the uh, the the, all the guys together and they sing the song uh, for Harriet, uh, the the bar, the, the the waitress there. Yeah. Well, from there, it cuts to Mabel's death. And then it cuts back to the guys at the junkyard. Well, at the end of the movie, it's revealed that Axel's the killer. There is absolutely no way that Axel could be the killer if the, if it happens. That's, like. yeah. Because Axel would have to leave the bar, go kill Mabel, and then come back to and meet, but, meet the guys at the uh, – at the uh, the junkyard, but he's he was already there, and it actually shows TJ coming late to the to the junkyard. So huh. there's a, like a red herring kind of an element. Yeah. They didn't they wanted you to 
I believe they wanted you to think that TJ was actually the killer in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And I think they focused so much on that, that they kind of created a, a bit of a flaw in the final product. Yeah. So, but that, you know, that's just nitpicking. I mean, because I, that definitely does not detract from the fun level of this movie. Cause there's so many great things in this film that I, I just oh, yeah. adore it. And, and, and that's one of the other great things about it is the element of, of who done it. Uh, mm-hmm. because it's like there is a lot of red herrings and mm-hmm. when you really look at the people everybody besides hollis all have almost the same body type to where yeah you could anybody could be in that minor outfit absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, tj uh well and the, and the, the characters that played her is, is uh paul kelman and yeah. uh neil Affle- neil affleck yeah. They have very similar body body sizes and stuff. And ironically, neither one of them even played the minor. <laughs> yeah. Neither oh, wow. Minor was actually played by uh, Peter, Peter Cowper. So neither one of them even played the killer with the exception of Axel playing. Uh, uh, so Neil Affleck, uh, Affleck, he played the killer at the very end when it was the when it was revealed that he was, in fact, the minor. Uh, and he was he was the killer. But um, but yeah, like uh, Peter Cowper actually was the minor. So but yeah, they, they all they you're right. They they all had pretty similar body styles and stuff. So kind of anybody could have been the, the killer. In the yeah. Movie. I mean, unless it was ho- I mean, you know, no offense to Hollis, but if it would have been Hollis, yeah. though, you would you would have known it was Hollis. Yeah, you would have known. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hollis. Yeah. He, he's such a. He, uh, Hall is such a good character. He, yeah, he, didn't, he yeah, didn't deserve I, to die. I, I tell you, it's just too bad because he was genuinely the only truly good person. He really was. Because like, even even, even uh, little John, who <laughs> was a nice guy, yeah, but a super buzzkill, like just God, <laughs> yeah, inappropriate th- timing to to bring up the fact that hey man, you know your ex girlfriend's banging your buddy now. Hey, I bet you wish you hadn't moved back. <laughs> it's like wow, buddy. <laughs> And yeah, we were, they're all know, terrible people. Even Sarah. I mean, because she's yeah. yeah, but she's with Axel, but she's also seeing she runs TJ again TJ. on the side. Yeah, yeah, she runs off with TJ, smooching with him by the by the by the water or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We're by the water where, where he kidnapped her. Yeah, where he. Kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie has everything: kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, one of the yeah. things I like about it, though, that, that makes it different from other slashers is that this isn't the same trope of, like, you know, a killer going to teenagers. This is like a blue collar uh, uh, slasher. Like, these yeah. are all just young adult workers. Yeah. There's some funny dialogue in this, too. Um, there is. There I is. wrote down something. And uh, when uh, when Tommy Whitcomb, uh, who's one of our side characters, um he uh, he leaves the party with uh, every with uh, with John and a couple of the other uh, other party goers, a couple of the girls, I believe. And uh, they uh, the, the TJ sends them to go find the chief. He says, hey, yeah. get to the chief, you know, let him know what's going on. <laughs> I love what he, he literally says to him. We were having a party and Harry Warden started killing everybody. <laughs> 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 Is that how you would approach and say that? It was like, we were having a party and Harry Ward and started killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny way to 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 let the, the chief know what was going on. Oh yeah. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> and uh and then there's a the funny sequence when uh um when they finally find Dave's body chilling in the ice box. 
um, Tommy is, uh, he, he makes a point to run up to the hysterical screaming, uh, Gretchen, grab her, look at her and say, what's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's super good. Yeah. Oh man. So fun. Oh man. The... I got a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, a, I wrote two pages of notes, man. Nuts. <laughs> it, it, it's such a great film, man. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into some final thoughts and our ratings. Uh, 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 Jr. How about we start with you? Jr. There you go. I'm here. I'm sorry. My my phone locked on me. Um, oh, you're, yeah. um, you're good. <laughs> let me. Uh, Carmen, cut that out. <laughs> I this film. The more we talk about it, and the fresh that it's in mind, this is one of the reasons why I love. I love watching the film before we review it because I can go back and as we're talking about, I remember things. And for me, this film, and we said it's underrated. I feel like this film is grossly underrated. Mm-hmm. And I love the character of the miner, just his look. And you said it earlier, Brian, it's extremely ominous. And when you compare like the slashers, the you know Michael Meyer and Jason, for some reason his like all black look with the with the minor mask, um, the gas mask look, it looks more more eerie and more sadistic in my opinion. I don't know why, but it just looks extremely menacing. And I feel like if I was standing, you know, I had like looking at three potential killers. Like, this is the one I'd be the most afraid of. I agree. I agree completely. And especially with the, I mean, with his weapon of choice being a pickaxe and the way that he was able to use the, the pickaxe um, and that one through the head that's like mm. the eyeballs hanging from it and yeah. the extended cut is just, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> to add to that, the practical effects and the way it's done. And especially if you compare it to, as we mentioned, or like the other 80s films, I don't think there's any. I mean, I want somebody to show me an 80s, another 80s slasher film or another 80s horror film that is up to this level. Because for some, what whatever they did, they got it right. And yeah, it's in like one of the ending where like he cuts his arm off, um, he saws it off. I mean, it looks. I mean, that's what I would assume look like if somebody's arm had to get sawed off like if it was amputated in a situation that was you know in a coal mine and and they had to like save somebody's life that's what i thought it would look like Mm -hmm. and um for those reasons i'm i want i'm gonna give it a high score and we'll use pickaxes i'll give it four and a half out of five i think the only thing i mean and the reason i give it just a little knock and i think this would make it better i feel like if they would have done everything the same and just called it like Miner's Revenge or something like that, I think it would have got like more. It would have got like more traction. Okay. And I that would be the only thing I would say you got. I would do different is just like change the environment of like I would get away from Valentine's Day and obviously you know I think like 1974 Black Christmas came out, 1970 Halloween came out. You know, later on in 81, Halloween 2 would come out. So I see what I see the reason behind it, 
<clears throat> but I feel like it really like pigeonholed it to where it wasn't going to be successful, even though this movie, for all the reasons we talked about, should have been a success in 81. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I guess let's go ahead and go with you, Brian. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, there's obviously I've gushed and gushed and gushed about it. Um, I, it's, it, it is, we, we've said it several times. I, it's, I, and I agree with you, JR. I think it's grossly, grossly overrated or overrated or underrated. I mean, excuse me. Um, it's overrated. It completely. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally overrated. It's a hack piece of shit. Um, no, it's completely grossly, grossly under underrated and underappreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's a shame that it didn't have the uh, the success that some of the other ones had. Um, I, I don't. I, I think, ah, man, there's so many things that could have played into that. Um, maybe people wanted to go watch a a love story around Valentine's Day um, because they, they did. They released it on February 11th, you know. So. Um, and then, and you know, in the in the MPA, they did they they butchered it uh, even worse than Harry did some of these fucking victims. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I sure do I sure do love it. I love the uh, the look of of Harry. He's a super slick looking killer. Um, uh, and the uh, the environment, the the mine itself is almost a character as well. Um, and. And it, it lends to a lot of potential possibilities. If this was a more successful um, IP, I think that I think that there would be video games because like I've, I've kind of, I talked about this um, one time on, on, on our podcast that I would love absolutely fucking love a My Bloody Valentine asymmetrical video a horror video game, you know, and where you're one person is the miner and there's like six or so survivors trying to escape the mine. And, uh, I mean, it just, it, it would be, I think it could be, I think it could be fantastic. You can have uh, like, uh, gun like, media. If you're listening, I, great right? idea. I'm do this. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, it wouldn't do like, it would have to be a super, super cheap game just to get people to play. Because once again, this isn't, is, is in a very popular uh, title is, is not even close to as popular as F13 or Halloween. Um, and, uh, it's arguably just as good as several movies in those, in, in those, those entries, you know, I mean, you know, in those two franchises. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm going to chill, right. Uh, I'm going to step right under Jr. with my score. I'm going to give this four out of five pickaxes. Um, it's, it's a super funny, it's not, it's not a perfect movie by any means. And, and, but it, but it's got a lot more, a lot more good than bad for sure. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun to be had in here. A lot of, a lot of cool characters, a lot of douchebag characters. Uh, <laughs> really, really good kills, uh, particularly if you watch the uh, the extended cut. Yeah, and, uh, I'm all, uh, I'm gonna uh, a piggyback off of. Uh off of Brian, uh, it's all, uh, everything Brian said about this. And I, I'm basing this off of the extended edition because, you know, in my opinion, that's what was meant. The movie was meant to be. So I don't think it's fair to base it off of the theatrical uh, release. 
we, we should that. we should include everything that was cut. But uh, uh yeah, I'm basing everything off of what Brian said. Uh, you know, kills were amazing. Uh, I mean, seriously, this is like some of the best kills I've ever seen in a slasher film. The practical effects were insane. Uh, I, I I'd probably argue. I mean, not to take away from the remake, but I would probably say the these kills I enjoyed more than i do the kills in the remake and it's probably just because of the practical effects uh the the, the look with the minor it's you know it's such a simple look but so effective i mean everything from when he when he's when he's up on people and he's breathing that's just fucking terrifying mm-hmm. and, and then or, or like when you're just in your when you're in the mind and all of a sudden you see that light shine on your face and you don't know if it's you know once again he's a minor you don't know if it's a a a friendly miner who's down there, or if this is the killer, <laughs> he can literally be anybody. And I love the sense uh, that, you know, this can be anybody. It has a great whodunit uh, story because there's a lot of red herrings throughout on who it could actually be. And uh, just to, the overall look of the movie, uh, I enjoyed too, because I mean, it, it's a fun slasher, but it also has that, that, that fun cheesy eighties uh, goodness that I love in my slashers. And uh, the only, the only, the, really the only downside I'd say is uh, I, I don't like that the characters, uh, most of them, I mean, practically all of them are shitty except for you know Harris. Oh, yeah, poor Hollis, man. I tell <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, Hollis, yeah, 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 except for Hollis, like he's like the only like a good character in the movie. But uh, uh, I also appreciate the fact that this isn't just like your same cookie cutter team cut team slasher this is like a, a blue collar slasher which you, you don't see many of that you don't see many like working uh, class horror <laughs> where it's just like you know a, a young adults in the working class getting killed over teens but i don't know it, it, the, the, they never specify i mean i assume it, it, this is like young adults this, this isn't teenagers right no i think this yeah i think these these people are all pretty much in their like their mid-20s yeah that's what it feels like anyway. I mean, if you take a – well, take the uh, the the, uh, the killing of Axel's dad, um, and then this, and then 20 years later, yeah, Axel looked like he was about maybe four or five years old. Yeah. Four, four-ish. Yeah. And he, uh, so, you know, probably, you know, 24, 25 years old Yeah. Is yeah how old cool. Axel is. I would assume everybody's kind of right around that age. Yeah. yeah so, so, you know, everybody, you know, everybody killed is, you know, like a young adult. There's no teens. This isn't yeah. a teen slasher. This is a like a, a young adult blue collar slasher. And uh, it, it also has a good body count, too. Like he kills mm-hmm. a lot. Of, he kills a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, his, and the, the, his weapon, it's, you know, it's just a pickaxe. It's it's something that, that I would love to see more slashers use because it, 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 it's such a. <laughs> it, 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 it's a it's a weapon that you see that that that, uh, that you know can do a lot of damage, but you don't see it often used in slasher films, and it's right. something that's never used. But yeah, but uh, but uh, going back off what Jr. said though, uh, see the thing about this being called My Bloody Valentine and being based around Valentine's Day, that's one of the things that draws me into it because there's not a lot of Valentine's Day horror. And I like finding horror based off of <clears throat> random holidays or, mm-hmm. you know, or just special days just so I have something to, to, to watch. And that was like one of the things that I like about it. But, but yeah, I think uh, with all that, uh, I think I, I'm going to end up giving it the same score Brian did of uh, uh, four pickaxes out of five. Mm-hmm. But it's just a, it's a great film, grossly underrated. 
I highly recommend everybody check it out. You know, go out of your way to watch the extended edition over the theatrical. Definitely, yeah. If you can, obviously. If you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's actually fr- free to watch on Pluto TV. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, and I, 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 I'm a, it's definitely it, the theatrical. It's also yeah, it's on Prime uh, too, but yeah. but it's free on Pluto because Pluto is free. Uh, but unfortunately, it's the theatrical version. But still, you know, still, it, still, it's still. it's not bad. It's not. It's only like all you see is uh, you get to see that the the gory kills in theatrical. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the uncut one. But I mean, it's still not a bad movie. The theatrical version. Yeah, uh, literally the only thing I besides the characters I disliked about the movie is, and this isn't the movie's fault. It's you know just everything else about that's surrounding it. They leave this open for a sequel and we never got a sequel. This yeah, movie should yeah. be a franchise. It, this, it should. This, like, the minor is a franchise is every makings to be a, a franchise killer. Mm-hmm. It really does. And we never got it. And it pisses me off because I mean, I, 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 honestly, I think, uh, you know, I would love to see Blumhouse do like a Halloween 2018 treatment to this. Oh, that'd do, be fantastic! Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure there's others that could pick it up and do good, but but uh, I I think Blumhouse could honestly uh, knock out a, a good sequel for this. That'd be awesome. But yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so everybody, that was uh, my bloody Valentine from 1991. We hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Anytime you next time you talk about my bloody Valentine, the remake, I'll, I'll be more than happy to come on and talk. I'll have to do that because I because I I, 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 I do really like the remake. Yeah, it's good. It, it's a lot of fun. It, it was it, it it was really good. You know, I, I prefer the original, but this it, the remake wasn't wasn't bad at all. No. But yeah, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, and uh, I guess uh, go ahead and let everybody know who don't already know you. I don't see how they wouldn't. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Well, um, uh, you can find uh, if you if you guys do the Twitter thing, we have uh, you can find uh, me and Andy um, at Dead in Santa Carla uh, on Twitter. It's a, at Dead in SC podcast. Um, me and Andy uh, drop new episodes every Monday, and uh, yeah, uh, you can find, and you can listen to our podcast on all the major podcast networks and on uh, YouTube, and just find us under Dead in Santa Carla. Heck yeah, yeah, and. Uh... Uh, going back to what Brian said, uh, you know, uh, highly recommend you if you haven't checked out Dead in Santa Carla, you you listen to Dead in Santa Carla. It's one of mine and Jr.'s favorite favorite podcasts on the network. Oh, thanks guys, Appreciate <laughs> it. you guys are awesome. Uh, uh, we try. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you, Brian. It's uh, you know, I, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Like I said, you guys are the, you know, for me, you guys are the all star major leaguers, and it's always fun. <laughs> it's always fun for you guys to come on and. You know, for me, it's so, I know sometimes it may feel like I take a backseat, but I'm always interested to hear your guys' takes, yours <laughs> and Andy's, um, when you're on. And be, especially, you know, looking at something different. So that's why I just always enjoy talking to you guys. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We 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 love, love we love coming on here, and we love listening to you guys too. I've been listening to all your guys' episodes, so I, I, I enjoy listening to you guys a, a lot. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. Like even 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 if it's even if it's not horror, I can listen to you and Andy talk about st- anything pretty much for, for hours. It's so well, thank good. Thank you. I appreciate I, it, buddy. I, I, I honestly, I, I need I need y'all to do an episode. Uh, I mean, you, you, you kind of already have an episode on it, 
I just need an entire podcast episode on nothing but Andy uh, and, and and you ranting about Sean Cunningham because it is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. You know, <laughs> I think we could probably fill almost a almost a you, month's worth of. You could fill so many episodes. Yeah, with bitching about bitching about Sean fucking Cunningham. <laughs> it is the greatest stuff ever. You two, like when y'all had that one episode and y'all ran in for like over thirty minutes <laughs> before y'all even got into the review about Sean Cunningham. I loved it so much. We're probably gonna end up talking about him because we're getting ready yeah. to um, a J. We're getting ready to talk about Jason X. Oh yeah, and, I can't wait. Uh, that. So, so we're probably gonna bitch about Sean Cunningham again. <laughs> so it'll I happen. Can't, I can't wait. Man, I, can't <laughs> wait. I actually—that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to because for some reason, Space Jason, I just find like thoroughly amusing. Yeah. And it, it came it's... out today. There's a guy I follow um, on Twitter. His name—he plays it's like a character Tommy Doyle from Yeah, yeah. Halloween. And he said, "Imagine if Michael Myers was in space." And I was like, "Oh, oh my, my god!" god. Space, Jeez, I think I yeah, I bitched about flashes. that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would rather see Michael, Halloween X over Halloween Resurrection. Oh man, I told, I think I said that in our in our Resurrection episode that if uh, if they would have done another sequel that immediately followed Resurrection, it definitely would have been Michael Myers goes to space. It, yeah, I just I feel like it because. I mean, Resurrection essentially killed the the Halloween so franchise, bad. you know, and uh, they had to they had to send it over to Rob Zombie to to salvage something out of it. Yeah. And uh, you know, there the, the, there's a lot of people that really enjoy the Rob Zombie uh, yeah. Halloween movies. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So with me, it's like I, don't know, I, I used to be in that pool that despised the Rob Zombie remake for what he did to to Michael how you like you know gave him a character and stuff and mm-hmm. a reason for killing when you're not supposed to but over the years I've come more to appreciate it now now I will never appreciate two the only thing I'll appreciate about two is the the kills and then uh, Brad Dorf's uh performance whenever he yeah. finds uh Annie's body because that's just that was an amazing performance fantastic yeah but, but, but I've come to appreciate one Two, uh, it's just it's 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 just right under resurrection for me. <laughs> There's another thing that about two that's pretty good actually is that is a really good looking movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's lit and shot really well. That's a gorgeous movie to look at. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's great. And I, and I, that I, opening sequence is, is fantastic. Dude, yes, yeah. I mean Michael is so fucking brutal in that movie. Savage. Yeah. He is an absolute savage. The only th- but. One of the thing I hate about that movie is, unless he's killing somebody, he takes his mask off, and I'm like, "This, what yeah. the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can rant about, I can rant about that all day. No, <laughs> no, like it, it's weird. Like for me, it's like it's like uh, the movie that I hate the most that I, I could honestly sit and rant about everything. And it's just little nitpicky things because. Uh, I, I know some people like actually enjoy the movie, but there's just so many things that make no fucking sense in the movie that pisses me off. I hate Texas Chainsaw 3D with a passion. Like I will bitch mm. about that movie all day. <laughs> <laughs> it just there's so much thing, there's so many errors in that movie that make no sense and doesn't. Mm. Yeah, so I, bad. Like, I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, that. 
because yeah. every, every year on our anniversary, we're going to talk about a new Texas Chainsaw movie. So th- nice. part three, part three is next. So that's coming this October. Oh, oh nice. Right. Oh, three is. Uh, yeah, part three. That's yeah. Next. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you ever talk about 3D, you'll have to have me on because I will. Oh, yeah. Bitch a storm about that movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate that fucking movie. Yeah, it's my fun. most. It, it's like it, it, it's on the level of, of Halloween Resurrection with me. It's so bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Once again, we went off a little. Uh, off the rails there, but yeah, uh, everybody listen to Dead in Santa Carla and uh, listen to Andy and Brian, uh, and and just listen to everybody on the podcast network. We'll hail of everybody on the Slash Cast podcast network. Uh, if if you never uh, had a chance to listen to anybody else on it, like there's literally a show for almost everybody on that show. Like okay. we have our horror shows, and what's great about our horror shows is that not everybody is the same. Everybody brings their own their own unique thing to uh, their own unique thing to the network. So like not every show is the same. But besides horror, we have we have true crime, uh, 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 which has become one of my favorite uh, favorite ones to listen to. Mm, yeah. uh, Reverie does a uh, 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 Reverie true crime just you know, is, is an amazing show on our network. Yeah, Paige is fantastic. Dude, Paige is a wonderful person, and she's so supportive of all the shows. Yeah, she is. But but then on top of that, I mean, we have horror, we have true crime, we even have wrestling. Yeah, okay, I mean, <laughs> I mean we have everything. Podcast. We have we have we have everything on the network. You just make sure you're you're listening to everybody on the network, or or at least give it a chance. Because uh, I mean, I'm subscribed to everybody. I I know I'm a, I'm a mad I'm a I'm a mad man. I I'm subscribed to like forty something podcasts. <laughs> I'm right there with you, actually. Yeah. I mean, this is all I do. If I'm at work, I have my my headphone in. I'll have a, an earbud in, and I'll be listening to a podcast. Or Same. if I'm driving somewhere, I'll have a podcast on. Podcasts have become what music used to be. I used to always just yeah. love listening to music. Now I'm all about podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, listen to everybody on the podcast network, and uh, just uh, thank you guys for all your support. And uh, we hope you continue to support us in the future. Uh, 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 me and Joe really appreciate it. And uh, we actually, I'm sure y'all know, uh, if you had uh, been keeping up with us on social media, we recently dropped uh, s- s- some merch. Uh, Brian actually designed our new logo, which you know, is, an, is an amazing logo. And we can't thank him enough for that. No, I'm glad you guys like it. Oh, it's, it's, it's wonderful, man. We appreciate it. And then our, our friend Carmen, who is our editor here, Hi Carmen. Uh, he uh, he made our new our, some some of our new merch uh, our new our new merch designs that you can find. You yeah, can, they look great too. Oh, the way, oh, oh they are they're they're wonderful, man. I, I I was so happy when he sent them. But uh, you can find us at tpublic.com uh, slash the the, the trick or treaters podcast. Just go in there, uh, uh, buy a shirt, sticker, mask. Uh, magnet whatever you want i mean i we appreciate anything to buy or even if you don't just listening to us uh is, is all the sport sport we really we really need but yeah uh, thank you everybody for listening to us uh now next week we're going to be uh we're actually going to take a break uh we're, uh we're not going to have an episode next week we'll be returning the following week and uh we're gonna have a special guest with us i won't reveal who it is yet uh, but we're gonna be talking about one of my favorite horror movies uh, and it's and I love that we're talking about this because I didn't even put this two and two together. February is Women in Horror Month, 
and we're going to be talking about a really awesome female-led movie, and it's directed by a female. We're talking about Jennifer's Body. Oh, love that movie. It, it, it's it's wonderful. It, it, it's a movie that that when I first saw, I, I loved immediately, and over the years, uh, you know, I, I, I've come to appreciate it even more. But I also love the fact that uh, it's a movie that, that over the years more people have become fans of it. When this first came out. I felt like it was before its time. It didn't it, like people didn't really appreciate it when it first came out. But yeah, uh, we're, we're talking about that, and uh, we'll we'll hope uh, everybody will tune tune in for that. But uh, with that being said, uh, we hope everybody had a great time, and thanks everybody for listening. Uh, have a great day. Stay safe out there, and. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we look forward to tuning. Oh, shit. Cut all the, <laughs> cut all that, Carmen. <laughs> anyway, with all that being said, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. We look uh, forward to being back uh, uh, in a couple weeks, and we'll we'll see you then. Uh, stay safe out there. Stay creepy. Good night, goodbye, thanks.